Welcome to Stupid Not Stupid, the podcast where every week we give Jason a chance to prove all of his high school guidance counselors wrong, but it just never seems to work out. <laughs> Jason, we're separated this week, uh, and I'm not there to pull everything together for you, so why don't you uh, get us started by letting me know what libation you've chosen to help you work through your solitude. Well, I actually am uh, completely in solitude this week. My wife's out of town as well, so I've been left completely to my own devices so I mixed up a big batch of margaritas, and just in case those run out in the middle of this episode, I also have a Rogue Dead Guy Ale on tap. So those are some interesting choices, Jason. Uh, how do you? How did you arrive at those? Was it taste? Was it lack of options? Was it all that you could fit down your sweatpants at the liquor store? How did you choose those drinks? I looked around at the bar at the bar we have at our house and uh, figured, huh, that sounds good, and. Uh, Picked a drink. So you made a choice, is what I, you're saying. I chose a drink. You chose a drink. Well, that that is uh, th- that's an interesting point, Jason, and I think it's going to be the jumping off point for uh, this week's latest installment of Their Stupid Edition. So for those who are new, this is where we invite one of our super fans on the show for a chance to prove either Jason or I stupid on a topic of their choosing. We've covered a number of these topics to date, uh, and we've had a bunch of different members of the uh, peasant mob on the show so far. And I, I've got to say, so far, all of our fans have uh, proven to be incredibly stupid, which I think says more about us than it does about them, Jason, because uh, I assume that we're their primary news source. Is that your? Is that the feeling you get from all of our guests so far as well? Yeah, if we're not their primary news source, then they're even stupider than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, we're welcoming superfan TJ to the show. Like many of our previous guests, his occupation is uh, preempted by the word amateur, and he describes himself as an amateur philosopher, which I think means he was a he was a liberal arts major. I exactly. Think. And once again, he should have just stopped at amateur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we we won't share we won't share where TJ is joining us from today due to some unresolved legal issues he's working through. But uh, we're glad he's a fan, and uh, we're glad he's on the show today. So uh, TJ, you believe there's no such thing as free will. You heard Jason's thought process on how he chose his drink. So why don't you give us your opening argument in uh, why that wasn't really up to Jason and why free will does not exist. Well, Matt, thank you for having me. You know I love to accept the challenge. I did think I was going to be arguing against you, but, you know, Jason can work as well. So <laughs> free will is completely a fucking illusion. There's absolutely no question in my mind that everything that happens to us was always going to happen. Simply put, your brain chemistry and past experiences are the only thing relevant to any decision you ever make at any given time. And whenever you decide on anything, it's always going to come down to one of those two variables and how they intertwine with each other. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, let me let me bring this back to you, Jay. Also, so I, I've, I've got to ask you, is this... Is this a theory that you worked through during the completion of your amateur philosophy degree? Or is this just what you're preparing as part of your legal defense in your upcoming criminal trial? <laughs> that none of it was up to you and that it's all, it's all the result of brain chemistry, your honor, and therefore all of this evidence is inadmissible. Look, there's an interesting discussion to be had about the criminal justice system and what free will means. And we can have that after. But for right now, I'm just going to prove your bitch ass wrong. All right. So... <laughs> So All right, continue. I was just curious. Hold on, hold on, TJ. So, before, before we get too much further into this, uh, what have your what has your brain chemistry and your previous experiences led you to drink tonight? <laughs> ah, yes. yes oh, yes. yeah, yeah. We, we skipped the most important part. <laughs> so everything that was meant to be has become. With my drink, I'm holding in my hand a steel reserve, the god of all drinks, and. <laughs> 
I don't know if you guys are sponsored by 7-Eleven. Shout out. You can buy two of these bad boys for five bucks. Go ahead. Pick yourself up one. <laughs> so I, I, I actually was wrong earlier when I asked Jason if the drink uh, that he had was all he could fit down his pants at the liquor store. Clearly, this is all TJ could fit in his pants at 7-Eleven was 240s. <laughs> By the way, Matt, what has Providence chosen for you to drink this evening? I have got a double black oak barrel Jameson on the rocks. Nice. Yeah, keeping it keeping it equally as classy as our guest TJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and clearly, you know, if somebody else is making your choices for you, they're they're doing a nice job. They're, they're choosing well. All right, so look, those those are our drinks. So let's just do this anecdotally here, TJ. Okay. Explain to Jason and I how. I ended up with a scotch or Jameson in my hand and Jason ended up with a margarita in his hand. What what is the what's the chain of events here? How did how did this happen? Sure. So when you're in the process of deciding what to do, all you're taking is your past experiences and the current brain chemistry that you have at any given point. So leading up to that decision that you are going to make, there was only ever going to be one decision. And that is what you're holding in your hand right now. Let me ask you another question then. And this this is probably more meaningful for Jason than anyone else because he started drinking at a very early age. But <laughs> based on that logic, how would it be possible then for anyone to ever make their first decision ever? Well, because you're literally it's you're born with brain chemistry, right? Well, you're born some with of the us, brain. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about so you. Much. But, <laughs> so I mean. If the very first decision that you're making, I guess it would just be whatever you were born with as like a baby. But I mean, that's somewhat meaningless, I think, in the argument. Yeah, what about I, a person I, who has amnesia or wakes up from a coma? Well, they're not making decisions, period, right? So well, they are when they wake, wake up, up, people wake up from comas all the time. Yeah. Well, sure. So then they're using whatever past experiences they've had mixed with the current brain chemistry that they now currently have. What if they had amnesia and just woke up from a coma? <laughs> And they have a shitty life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, about, you know, I suspect somebody else is making most of their decisions for them at that point. Okay, so listen, I have a framework that I think is pretty solid, which always comes down to either brain chemistry mixed with past experiences leading you to make a decision. What I'm curious in finding out is what makes you, Matt, make decisions? What do you believe is the purpose or the driving factor leading you to make a decision? I would say that at a basic fundamental level, and this is not a, a blanket answer for all decisions, but mm -hmm. self-interest, right? So people make decisions in their own self-interest. Groups make decisions in their own self-interest. Nation states make decisions in their own self-interest. It's not a universal truth, um, but if you had to place a bet, that's what I would place my bet on. So that would be why, and that would be the motive behind it. But what tools are you using to make decisions? The tool you use isn't the reason you do it. That's like saying that every nail I've ever hammered was only hammered because the hammer wanted it to happen, not because I decided to do it. No, I think that you decided to do it, but ultimately that decision would have taken place time and time again throughout all of history if we were to reverse the previous cycle. Oh, you know what we're talking I'm just gonna about go now? To, I'm just going to Battlestar Galactica. No, Please no, say no, Battlestar Galactica. No. We're talking about <laughs> counterfactual history. Counterfactual, counterfactual, it's counterfactual. So now we're going to jump into uh, Jason's favorite portion of every podcast, and that's our counterfactual section. So Jason, dissect that for us. Why is that a counterfactual? And, and why, is, why is TJ wrong? 
Because there's no possible way to prove that in any alternate reality, the same decision would be made over and over again. It's, it's the difference between uh, determinism and contingency. And I think that you see from a historical standpoint, from a sociological standpoint, you see the concept of contingency come up again and again and again. If everybody's decisions were predetermined from basically from birth, and I, I understand what he's saying, that you gain experience as you make your decisions from birth. But that basically states that from your very first starting point, the rest of your life is predetermined. Absolutely. That's not supportable through experience. From a historical perspective, that's not supportable because your decisions will inevitably be impacted by other people's decisions, by other occurrences that will define you know, the, the limits of what your options are or in, uh, in contrast, expand what the limits of your options are. And then I think Matt has a really interesting point. You start talking about concepts like self-interest or the opposite of that. You start looking at altruism. Why is it that people are making these choices? And it doesn't have entirely to do with just past experience. So the self-interest point is an interesting one, but the problem that I have is it's still coming from within side of you. So you are still using the self-interest that you have and the brain chemistry that you have mixed with the past experiences that you have in order to make a certain decision. And so what I'm saying is if it's not your brain chemistry and if it's not your past experiences, where is this metaphysical mind that either Matt or you might be proposing that is helping us make decisions? Because if it's not that, then it's all predetermined. No, 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 I understand. It's a higher degree of consciousness. No, it's, no, no, it's what sets it's human not. beings apart from. Ah, other interesting. Okay, so you do believe in something metaphysical, then. So we're strictly not on brain chemistry or past experiences. You're, you're the, the concept kind of, of consciousness. No, 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 no. The concept of consciousness is not a metaphysical concept, right? Like it is a measurable phenomenon, and we see different levels sure, of consciousness. Sure, brain chemistry, though. It's not just chemistry, though. It's the complexity of evolution that has created different structures in different creatures' brains, allowing them a different degree of self-awareness, right? And self-awareness is also something that's absolutely measurable. Sure, but if you remove the brain, then you remove the consciousness. And so everything comes down to the physical nature of your brain and what you've experienced throughout your life. So how do you how do you explain society and culture then and empathy based off of what you're proposing TJ? Wouldn't every society and culture on planet Earth be exactly the same? Why do we observe differences in cultural behavior in in social behavior in family structure in different societies and different geographies across the planet? No, not at all. So None of what I'm saying is that every single person has the same initial slate, right? So every person is born with a brain and a certain environment they are born into. And every subsequent events that happen, therefore, are only related to things that were not chosen by an individual. I just like that you threw a therefore in there. It was like <laughs> a legislative language. It was really impressive. And so, okay. You know what? I have an example. Hopefully this will be easier for your baby brain to understand, okay? (laughs) Now, you and all the listeners at home can do this too. What we're going to do is we're going to close our eyes, okay? Unless you're operating heavy machinery or driving. Please do not do that. (laughs) We're going to close our eyes, all right, Jason? All right, Matt? Not a chance. I'm operating heavy machinery. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. I told you I was drinking Jameson. I'm obviously operating heavy machinery. <laughs> True. So what I want you to do is in a moment, I'm going to ask you a question and there's no wrong answer. Okay. Think. We're waiting. <laughs> in your mind, I want you to imagine a city. It can be any city you want, anyone in the world. Just imagine a city. Okay. Okay. All right. Now open your eyes. Your eyes open. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Wide open. Now, walk me through the process of how you decided on the city, and what was the city that you decided upon? I decided on Dubai, so I, I pictured Dubai. Okay. And what led you to make that decision? It's just the first city that popped into my head. Okay, great. Now, Jason, what was your answer? So the the city I picked was actually Coruscant. Okay, that works. The reason, no wrong answer. Yeah, and the reason that I chose that one was basically to fuck with the entire experiment, picking something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not going to work, my friend. Okay. Picking something that, so, was, that was fictional. It doesn't matter. So what I'm doing right now on a piece of paper is I'm drawing a large circle, okay? What I want you two to think about is within that circle, it is your mind. Every single possible city that you could have chosen is within that circle. And every city outside of that circle, you just haven't heard of, you don't know exist, things of that nature. Okay? Now I'm going to draw a smaller circle within the circle. That Those are all the cities that you could have chosen, but for some reason you didn't. Okay? And now I'm going to draw my final circle. That is the city you ended up choosing. Now, what could be the reason, you might ask? Matt, you said to buy. Jason, you said the whatever Star Wars one. You have to think about why you chose that city. And my challenge to you is if we had done this experiment 10,000 times and we were to reverse five minutes ago when I first brought this question to you, would you have chosen a same or different city? Go ahead. I could have chosen any city. It's the but first one that popped in, but I could have. No. If we reverse time and I asked you this question again and you had the exact same variables attached to the question, aka your brain, aka your previous experience, and we hadn't gone through this, you would be choosing Dubai every single time. Do you disagree? But this, but this is why it's a counterfactual. That's There's exactly no right. way for you to prove yeah. that. That's like saying if if I rolled a pair of dice and I hit snake eyes and we went back in time and I rolled the same pair of dice at the exact same time, they would always come up snake eyes. And this is where the big problem is going to come from. So I'm proposing something where I'm saying, yes, this is why, but you have yet to tell me why free will exists. Tell me, Matt, so, why no, would no, no. you choose a different city other than Dubai? So this is actually part another of city might occur to me more quickly. Yeah, Jason, over to you, man. Yeah. So this is part of the reason that I picked a fictional city. Uh, the 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 mm -hmm. real thing that I wanted to do was actually make up a city. And this is this is the exact point. If I start picking fictional things or I start making things up that are creative, then I can absolutely say that that creativity comes from previous experiences. But it's a brand new thing. It's not at all something sure. that could be predictable. And to, to sure. To the well, point well, of what you're talking actually, about. Actually, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, the thing is, I can change any of those parameters that I want, right? That's the point of creativity. That's the point of imagination. And I think that what you're talking about 
does not take into account uh, free association, the concept of imagination, the concept of novel ideas in consciousness that allow for choices that are not dictated by what has come before. See, I actually disagree. I think that it does. The only difference is that it's going to every single time that you make that decision. So let's reverse back five minutes before when I first asked you this question. You would have chosen that fake city every single time. You know why? Because every single variable attached to choosing is exactly the same. And that is the difference. See, you've already screwed up. So are you saying (laughs) – As soon as you said variable, you screwed up because if it's a variable, then by its very nature, it can be a different thing every time. Also, your theory – But if we're reversing time, then there wouldn't be any different variables. All the variables would be exactly the same. That's not necessarily true. Wait, what? So if we reverse time and every single thing is the same in your life, in my life, in Jason's life – up to that point, you're you're saying that you would have chosen something different or that you have the ability to choose something different. So now we're talking about something that's actually a, a slightly different. See, what you're talking about is reversing time uh, for a thought experiment, but there's actually been a tremendous amount of mathematics done on the concept of time travel in terms of uh, looking at black holes from a physics standpoint. What if you were actually able to invent a time machine, Right. Would you be able to go back in the past and change the future? And the answer is really ambiguous, and it depends on what you use for your constants and what you use for your variables. So under this hypothetical, though, I'm assuming that let's say we have the perfect time machine, and I can put you guys in that exact moment before you made the decision about the city. Why would you make a different decision if every single variable is otherwise the same? Because I think there's a the matter of probability. So the, my choice of Dubai might have been based off of something I had been thinking about recently or someone I had talked to or sure, but- news stories I had seen. But that only made it probable to a degree that I would choose Dubai. I could have just as easily chosen Ulaanbaatar or Chicago. No, 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 no. Maybe See, with the- a lower degree of percentage, but not with a degree of absolute certainty. Nope. Because – in the same circumstance, you would be ha- you would have had the same experience, right? What did you just say? You just said recently you had thought about Dubai, and that was what led you to that to that decision. But if we reverse five minutes ago, then you would have had the exact same experience, leading you to the exact same conclusion. All right. And I would say there would still be the equal amount of probability that I would choose Dubai, but not with a hundred percent certainty. There's other things I had been thinking about too. So let's. It's like rolling dice. Let's take another tack, uh, another uh, uh, look at this. So your your experiment here presupposes that conditions would be exactly the same as they were prior to us making the decision. The problem is correct. The the chemical processes by which the human brain works are based on electrons, which are inherently, as we understand them, not measurable in time or space. So there is no exact situation. You can you can measure the uh, location of an electron, or you can measure its mass. But you, as soon as you measure one or the other. The rest of the the, the theory field the, the the field breaks down, right? So there's no such thing as an exact circumstance five minutes ago. As soon as it started to be measured, then probability fields start to break down. But they don't have to be broken down in the same way. And we don't and we don't have any methodology of understanding how they break down based on 
on human thought. That's what I was talking about when we we're talking about like associative behaviors or uh, uh, thinking in terms of creativity. So speaking of human thought, let me, I, I have two questions for TJ based on this. The first is that, TJ, are you saying that there's no individual free will or are you saying that free will totally as a construct doesn't exist and there's not also not collective free will? Because if there's also not this idea, if, if we really do exist in one enclosed system that's a total loop, then how do we have original ideas? How do things progress? How are there new inventions or new concepts? So is there th free will as a collective or just not as individuals? So there's no free will, period. The reason why we have new things popping up is just because it's human nature. You know, if there's a new person with new experiences they and a new culture, because culture is ever evolving, then they're probably going to happen across new creative endeavors. That's just the way the world works. But that still doesn't disprove what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that since the Big Bang, everything in our universe, in our world, and in our lives would have happened exactly the same. So first of all, there's no way to prove that theory. It's self-perpetuating in that you can just claim that given the exact same sort of uh, set of circumstances, things exist the exact same way time after time after time after time. But the fact of the matter is time doesn't work that way. It is linear in one direction or the other. And once decisions are made, they affect other decisions. And Absolutely. one decision being made affects the ability of somebody else to make a decision, but it doesn't determine what that decision will be. That is still very much an open end. Like this is... <laughs> the whole argument about quantum theory is about the idea that every every decision point universally leads to increasing numbers of dimensions where those decisions were made differently, right? So, so to that point specifically, this brings me to the second question I want to ask TJ. So based on what Jason's just said and based on what you've proposed, should people be held accountable for their actions? I think yes, but I'm a big believer in rehabilitation and not just random punishment. I mean, I do think that people should be held accountable for their actions simply because it makes society better. Otherwise, people would be able to do whatever they want and just kind of blamed it on free whoa, whoa, will. Whoa, whoa. Be able to do whatever they want. <laughs> Nobody can do anything they want. There True. is no free will. What True. the hell are you talking about, man? They would have all done the same thing anyway, but you know, as a phrase of expression to do whatever this, they want. Okay, I think we've moved beyond your legal defense and your your speech to the judge at your sentencing hearing. I think that's where we are right now. <laughs> See now, this but I'm still curious though. So go ahead, Jason. Oh, I was just going to say this brings up a, a, a different topic that I actually sort of agree with you on in that. I do believe that people have the ability to make choices, but I think that an awful lot of people's personalities are actually very much socially determined. So depending on who your parents are, what your brain structure, your brain chemistry is when you're born, what type of experience you, experiences you have at a fairly young age really does determine what kind of person that you are. I don't believe that most people actually decide who they want to be. They are the products of external stimuli, the, the products of external input. So, you know, in the same way that you can turn a relatively average person into a Harvard graduate, it's, you know, most serial killers are made, not born, right? There are occasionally serial killers with a, a damaged brain of some kind, but most of them just suffer tremendous amounts of abuse and turn into serial killers. Doesn't mean I don't think they shouldn't, you know, 
I, they should definitely be punished, and some of them absolutely should be put to death because there's not any rehabilitating you know, certain behavioral disorders. But from that perspective, I think that the, this sort of very Western and particularly American ideal of the self-made man or the self-made person or you are in command of your own destiny, that's very, very false, I think. But what CJ is proposing, Jason, then every person who was subject to those circumstances would become a serial killer. I, Jason, did did either of your parents graduate? For, are they college graduates, Jason? Either of your parents? Uh, both of my parents are, but neither of my wife's parents graduated from college. Okay, so and and she is a PhD historian. Neither of my parents are are college graduates, and yet I have gone on to earn a graduate de- degree. So why haven't I ended up exactly like my parents, based off of the parameters that that TJ? Has laid forward, right? And so, why hasn't why isn't everybody an exact copy of their parents? So this is the difference, and this is where I think that you guys are kind of misinterpreting what I'm saying. I still believe that individuals can have a huge impact positively on their own lives. Okay, the difference is it was always going to be that way holistically. When you zoom out and you look at the world. It was only ever going to be one way because of things happening and consecutive actions and decisions. So So let me ask you a practical question. Let me ask you a practical question then, TJ. Do you vote? Yes. Why? Because I want my vote to be heard. But but why? If everything that is going to happen is going to happen, then the person who's going to be elected is going to be elected and every decision that they make that they're going to make has already been predetermined. So why do you vote? Ah, okay. Great. So this is where it's really getting confusing, and I can see why. So let's say, for instance, that I go out and vote, okay? The candidate that I want needs 51 votes, let's say, okay? Now, let's say they win. I do vote. They win by 51, okay? Now, just because it was predetermined doesn't mean that I didn't need to vote. Does that make sense? So because I used my vote in a positive way that was meant to be and the candidate that I wanted got elected and that's a positive impact on my life, that still needed to happen. I still needed to vote to make that happen, even though it was always going to be. All I heard you say is that you're really excited to vote for President Trump's second term. That's all I heard. Yeah, and you you should be- Fuck no. (laughs) You should definitely be voting for Joe Exotic. Anyhow- yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a it's a long established trope on the podcast that Jason is Joe Exotic twenty twenty. <laughs> so I just want to clear that up. But but are you understanding no. what I'm saying though? So like even even if something that I want to happen is already predetermined, I still may need to take actions today in order to see that through. So here's my issue with that: the concept that is predetermined, but you still have to take action, indicates a choice that you make anyways. And more than that. What you're talking about, this idea that things are predetermined, and if you somehow hypothetically ran the, the, the tape back and ran it through again, it would happen the same way over and over and over again. There is no possible way to prove that. So your argument is ontological. It's a circular argument. There's no way to demonstrate that what you're saying is true versus what we're saying is true, because you can't, you sure. can't run that experiment. And I think the difference is I have an explanation while you guys don't. So no, I'm totally saying that you have an explanation. I'm arguing contingency while you're arguing certainty. So I think the difference is I'm saying that given a set amount of variables and something happening 
it happens. Okay. You're saying given amount of variables, something else could happen, even though there's there's no real evidence of it happening. Like the if point, we think about the point you just spoke about, the, the the hinge of that entire statement is the concept of a variable. That's what a variable is. If you say that decisions are reliant on variables, it means that other things could happen. That's the point of but the if, term. But if but if we reverse time, why would they happen any differently if all the variables are the same? And so that's what I'm looking for is like if I think that we reverse time and we all have the same answer for the city, where does it come from? Where is this free will that you speak of if your brain is the same and every single past experience leading up to this moment is exactly the same? Okay, I have a question for you both. Do you do either of you believe that the mind is separate from the brain? Se no. So explain that. So separate how? I believe that my consciousness exists in my brain. Okay. So every single thought in your head is because of your brain, correct? Yes. I believe my brain is a hard drive and my consciousness exists as a program within it. Okay, great. Besides Here's the really crazy part about that. Every cell in your body basically regenerates itself every seven years. So your consciousness is inside of your brain. But anything that happened to you eight years ago, there's no part of your body that was actually there to experience it when it happened. <laughs> so, But okay, so if you both believe that your mind, consciousness, comes from the brain and experience is something that you did not choose coming into it, right? We don't choose where we're born and we don't choose our brain. Where else does this free will come from? From, from your ability to exercise self-determination. I can make any decision I want right now about anything at any time. True. And that actually doesn't contradict me. You could, but, you, but what I'm saying is you would have only made one choice. So the free will is somewhat of an illusion. We believe that we can make all these different choices and we can enact, act out certain decisions, but it all would have been the same because nothing else you guys are speaking to comes from this idea of free will. If it's all in our minds and it's all in our experiences, two variables that we do not choose, then every subsequent action is only allowing it to Once play. again, I, I fundamentally disagree with this and I would posit as evidence the incredible difficulty of trying to come up with artificial intelligence. The thing that the human brain does better than any technical uh, mathematical schema of variables that we've ever come up with is the ability to randomly associate. So this is the explanation for why all your best ideas come when you're in the shower. This is the idea why people talk about like inspiration being like a bolt from the blue, right? It's the ability for the brain to take one bit of knowledge or one experience or one emotion and relate it to another one completely randomly that leads to a, a genuinely novel thought, a genuinely novel solution to a problem. This has been documented time and time and time and time again. And it's not replicable by mathematical formula that we have conceived to this this point. It's clearly this, so, this is what I yeah this is what I wanted to end on. This is why I'm so glad Jason brought this up. If what you're saying is true, TJ, then we should be able to replicate it with a computer, and it shouldn't be that hard. No, actually, this is a great point. So, I wonder um, if we had a magic device that could scan the entirety of your brain. Do you think it could accurately predict your entire life? No, I don't. No, but I, it might be able to record your personality. Interesting. So 
even though this magic machine can scan every single neuron, every single electron within your brain, it would not be able to predict if it was if you were placed um, in the exact same environment from birth. It wouldn't be able to predict your no, life. No, of course not. It would be able to predict probabilities and it would be able to predict tendencies, but it wouldn't be able to predict with 100% certainty outcomes and Again, because it would have to be contingency resilient and there's no such thing. So it wouldn't have to be able to predict your brain and your life. It would have, have to be able to predict every single brain on earth and all of the natural phenomena that occurred in order to predict what your reactions would be to earthquakes or stock changes or like like anything that you run into. And even then it would only be to a degree of percentage. Right, right. absolutely. Because it would depend on how the neurons fire in your brain to deal with that circumstance at any given time. And that is not a predictable phenomenon. Okay, well, after more than a half hour of this, <laughs> I've got to say, the only thing I'm convinced of <laughs> is that TJ's arguments are completely and totally based on two things. One, his legal defense in his upcoming criminal trial, and two, as a way to assuage his mother's disappointment in every decision that he's ever made his entire life. <laughs> so I don't, I, I don't know if there's anything else to say beyond that. Look, TJ, wake up, sheeple. Do you, yeah do you do you want to do you want to leave us with with parting words? Do you do you want to try to explain to all of our loyal, stupid, not stupid, super fans on why it was inevitable that they would become subscribers to this podcast and they're listening to it based off of uh, no determination of their own? <laughs> Look, free will doesn't exist, but that doesn't mean to all you listeners out there that you can't make a goddamn difference in your life every day. You can do it. I believe in you. TJ loves you. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to weigh in on this, uh, you can reach out to us at stupidnotstupid411 at gmail.com. Send us a note. Don't. It's really not up to you. Um, So let's just see what happens. You've already said it. You just didn't know it. Yeah. True. (laughs) Yeah. It's already been written. All this has happened before. All this will happen again. Until next week.